0: Welcome, Rink Rats, to Season 3, Episode 11 of The-Rink.com's Blackhawks Recast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network, your sport, your team, and your time. And as always, we are brought to you by our founding sponsors at puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check it. Check out all their new lines, throw some rinkware in the cart, like we always say, use the discount code the, the rink, which is T-H-E-R-I-N-K, for 10% off of all of your orders. And uh, like I said, they keep releasing new stuff, so... A lot of great stuff. If you're into the rock and roll, the metal side of things, and hockey, it melds really good, to and uh, which is why it fits us so well. So uh, today is Friday, January 23rd, 2020, and I am your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitters as Puckin Hostel. Who could be scared of a Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey's just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he?
1: <laughs> My name is Jeff. It's Jeffrey, man.
0: And I am joined by a co-host, but it is not Double J, John Jakel. Uh I have Mr. Ray Napiantic, our Chicago Steel and Blackhawks prospect writer at the rink. Uh, what's going on, Ray? Nothing much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Ray, can you hear me? 10 over and
1: out. Can you hear me? <laughs>
0: uh, we've. We, I thought we would get together. I've been out of town for a little bit. Uh, we... Uh, I haven't released anything since I talked to Tyler last podcast. That was a great podcast. Um, we're going to have him back for the, uh, the trade deadline. Maybe we might do like a, you know, night of post, uh, you know, wrap up, uh, podcast with John and with, uh, with Tyler. So, um, that's kind of in the, in the works. we got about a month to go. I saw today on Twitter that I think it's the 24th or something like that. Uh, of February. So, uh, we have about a month of this insanity with the Blackhawks and this playoff nonsense, and should they sell, should they, you know, should they sell, should they buy, should they stand pat, whatever. So, uh, but uh, anyway, um, I was up in Montreal for a week. It was a beautiful town. If any of you live in Montreal, any of you listeners, um, your town is beautiful. I got to do some things, some, uh, got to spend my Sunday roaming around the old part of Montreal got to skate by the river and lots of cool stuff there. If anyone saw the pictures on uh, Twitter or Instagram or whatever, but uh, yeah, cool place. Uh, so back to the Blackhawks, uh, I guess right now they we're, we're at the all-star break, which is like 51 games in uh, the Blackhawks are 24, 21 and six. They have fifty-four points. I think they have. It's thirty-one games remaining. I believe that's the math. That's correct. <laughs> Did you check your math, right? I, I yeah. didn't. It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> looks good.
0: Yeah, uh, they're fifth in the Central. They've moved up a little bit. They're not last anymore. They're twentieth overall, so they're up slightly. That probably has to do with the you know the the five-game win streak. Uh, the goal differential has actually uh, you know shrunk a little bit. Uh, it's negative six. It was negative eleven before so they're actually scoring some more goals and giving up less goals uh the face-off percentage kind of maintained they're in the middle at like 17th uh they're sixth on the pk that pk is becoming you know one of their strengths which is nice to see because when you got people like andrew shaw and drake cajula taking a whole bunch of penalties uh you need a good pk so their pk is up to sixth in the league they were ninth last time we recorded so 82.8%, you can't uh, hate on that at all. Even if you're in the top third, it's really good, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, they've come a long way with that, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think that goes uh, to show, like, you know, Ryan Carpenter and players like that, That um, you know, and even like Ali Mata,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and <clears throat> for a while, uh, Kelvin DeHaan and some of these more defensive players. I mean, it's really weird when you think about, you know, how good their PK has been, but their defense overall is like, garbage. It it's gotten better, but for the majority of the season or I we could even say, you know, the last 18 months has just been terrible. Yep. So, yeah.
1: It's crazy that doesn't translate a little bit more. Uh you know, you see a good penalty kill, but man you're just at the bottom and you know put put the forwards in there as, as well obviously when you play 5 on 5, but um but you touch base on on Mata as well. I I've been pleasantly Surprised with him, not not pleasantly surprised. I guess he's just starting to show the the player that he can be and defensively, uh, for sure, and, and being responsible. So, and and I, I think not looking over and seeing Seabrook on the other side definitely helps that uh, because then he could just play his simple game that that he does play.
0: Right, and uh, you know another thing to keep in mind is there are players who don't go out on the penalty kill like Eric Gustafson, and you're not going to see a ton of a Bukris out there these younger players or players who are mistake prone aren't out on the PK. So, I mean, I take it for what it is, but you know, you can kind of see where maybe some of these deficiencies are, you know, and the, with the five on five defense, you mm-hmm. know, so just something to keep in mind. Um, their, their power play is garbage. It's their 27th. Uh, they've moved up slightly, but they're still they're 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 in the bottom third and it's, not going to do anyone any good. And this is, again, you know, the complete opposite of what it was last year when, you know, for those six weeks, they were the, you know, they were historically good. And, uh, but that was kind of a mirage as well. I, I think, you know, I, I, I broke it down last year and they were good for six weeks out of the entire season, out of, out of a six month season. It was just, they were really good for six weeks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which gave people kind of a false sense of security in this power play, which then led people to be terrified to let go of Eric Gustafson, you know, during the summer when he was at, you know, his highest value. And that's when they should have let him go mm-hmm. and just brought in Bochrist. If you're going to ride Bochrist, ride him and, uh, couldn't have been any worse. So, but here they are. Yeah. Uh, Goals for they they're up slightly. They're in 16th. Uh, goals against. They're at 11th. They're up slightly again. So they're, uh, you know, they're in the middle of the pack as far as goals four, goals against. Uh, they, you know, their save percentage is really good. They just give up a lot of shots every, you know, it, up until this, like, last couple weeks, they were still giving up 35 shots a game. They've re- It's really been better the, the last, like, two weeks. Uh, and it's shown in the win column. So shots against... Uh, still, is at thirty five point two, but that's just because they started off so terrible. It's going to be really hard to knock that down. They're going to have to up like, you know, twenty a game for the next couple of weeks for it to really make a difference. Uh, <clears throat> the possession numbers, uh, you know, the twenty third and twenty seventh in possession for Corsi and Fenwick. Uh, you know, your your possession uh, needs to be a little bit better than that uh, if you want to compete in the playoffs. High danger save percentage and five on five save percentage top third of the league uh, at eighth for each of them. So uh, you can't, uh, you can't pick that apart. So, you know, as far as the the PK, really good, you know, top top echelon type PK right now. And uh, their goaltending is also, you know, top echelon type goaltending. Um, But, you know, here we are, they're still out of the playoff picture and uh, really they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. What, what have in the first 51 or so games, you know, what what do you think right
1: the goaltending has really been the difference i i think i mean even crawford has played well enough uh he's not a backup role i understand that but you know in in split duty uh you know he's not having to to shoulder shoulder the load he's been okay i mean he's he's been fine and then leonard has been out of this world i mean he's a top 10 goalie um in the league you know in, and probably uh could be better (laughs) as we've seen uh, you know with Vesna nominations and stuff like that so they they've really kind of covered up this defense a little bit you know when you when you talk about losing Seabrook I think that's a addition by subtraction I mean I I don't you never want to see anybody get hurt but I mean he was getting buried when he was on the ice and um, but you know when when you're talking about your goaltending keeping you in games that's a good thing and and, but it, it doesn't doesn't play out over the long run. Uh, you're not going to win a seven-game series. I don't think this team, built the way it is, is going to make the playoffs. Um, Strom and Saad coming back are, are going to help that power play. The other night, that second power play unit uh, was definitely interesting. Um, you know, so, I mean, they're going to get some some guys back that are going to help. But, you know, when your goaltending's hot, great. But if the goaltending has to be average, I, I think, you know, Leonard finally gave up a, a couple goals maybe against Florida that – Uh, You would say we're bad goals and and that doesn't happen a ton with, with, with him. So, uh, you know, and then you get buried and and you can't come back and and that's the problem is if if that goaltending is not, you know, on all cylinders, this is just an average hockey team.
0: Yeah. At best average at best to be honest. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's kind of, you know, where, where they sit right now. Uh, We'll take a quick break pay some bills. We'll come back. We're going to talk about, you know, things that have happened in Blackhawks land. There's a whole lot, but there's some news and some things, some talking points. So we'll, uh, we'll throw it to break. We'll come right back and then, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a
1: good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where Home Advisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and
0: even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, and we're back. Uh, Let's talk a little more about the Blackhawks and what's going on at this uh, all-star break period. They had their five-game win streak, uh, which, you know, was promising it's kind of a good and a bad thing. It, it lulls people in this false sense of security of how good this team actually is. And we're starting to see it too, with like the beat writers and stuff. They're so afraid to say, Hey, they're not, you know, as good as the best, you know, the best you've seen out of them. And they're not as bad as the worst as you've seen. They're kind of somewhere in the middle. And, you know, they probably should not be a playoff team. Even if they do make the playoffs, they're probably not going to do well. And you, you, you ask the beat writers these questions or you hear these questions asked, and it's like, well, you know, they could, kinda, maybe they could make it, and then you never know. And it's like, well, that's not, like, like, make a stand. Have an opinion, you know? Just, you know, hemming and hawing about, you know, something and not giving a straight answer. Like, be honest with people. Be honest with the... With the fan base, like, yeah, it's great they won five games in a row, but they really didn't make up any ground, and they would have to keep winning, keep having five game win streaks, to to be able to make the playoffs, and then they're gonna be exhausted by the time the playoffs come around, and they're not, they don't have the makeup, they, and plus they don't have the hor- or the horses or the, you know, prospects or the draft picks that, that they can afford to give up to bring someone in. To make this team any better they just don't have it so you know for for them to not be sellers at the deadline would be a huge mistake uh you know and maybe they won't sell because mcdonough doesn't want bowman you know to blow it up and and then the next gm to come in have to you know have a bigger job to fix it and i would understand that so if they stood pat at the at the at the trade deadline and did nothing or just you know a, a couple of peripheral players like a just for example, like a Drake jeweler or someone like that sent to another team. I can understand that it would make sense at least to the, you know, the, at least they have a plan or the, there's something going on here, but if they were to buy at the trade deadline, that's just unforgivable. You can't, you can't do that. You're not gonna be able to make enough of a run for it to make any difference. You're just gonna, you know, you're going to get a handful two, uh, what two home playoff games. And then you're going to be right back in, uh, you know, dr- drop down, Two slots in the draft, and that's it. That's all you get. So, I mean, that's at least my opinion on on where where they're sitting or what they should do at the trade deadline. What do you think?
1: I completely agree. I'm nervous for the next 30 days or so. Um, I'm waiting for that notification that they sent a first round pick for Brendan Dillon or something like that to to shore up the defense. Uh, But for me, the the five game win streak, you know, Hawks have been playing well. I mean, obviously, that had a speed bump against Florida, but. To me, that separated them from, from the likes of the Sharks and the Ducks and the Kings uh, who have been struggling and are just god-awful. You know, it separated them, but it's it's got them in a position where you're looking at teams like the Golden Knights and the Flames and and even the Stars, you know, who, who all have games in hand, except for maybe Vegas, but... It's like, hey, we're, we're three, four five points behind these teams, you know, but they're playing poorly right now. You know, if they if they write their ship, we're not going to catch them no matter what. Um, you know, even from the beginning of the season, I thought they were, uh, you know, in the old uh, system, the nine seed. You know, they're going to be chasing that nine seed. So I'm just nervous what they're going to do. I mean, if you talk about being buyers, boy, you, you just can't mortgage the future. That would be I mean, you'd almost be fireable for that um, or would be fireable for that. But, you know, if you get a guy like uh, like you said, a Kajula, Zach Smith, you know, somebody's looking for somebody. You you get some depth and you get maybe a prospect back. Obviously, Gus should have been gone last summer. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't think they're going to get rid of him by any means, but um you know that's where i've i've always been talking about accept the rebuild you know be all right with it uh, be good next year to make the playoffs and then 2022 23 you you're back contending um you know and stuff along those lines It's a little bit different team guys are getting older and stuff like that so i'm just nervous with the next 30 days hold if they stand pat i honestly would not be upset with that gate i think that's something that you kind of accept where you're at you're not going to get anything back in return that's going to be good enough Um, that's going to make you uh, better next year but for them to be buyers boy they better go on another five six seven game streak in in order to say okay listen we're (laughs) we're now ahead of all these teams we thought we should be chasing Um, but you know I'll see that one I'll believe it when I see it so Stan Pat would be a would be at the top but boy I really wish they should be they would be sellers but i just don't think Bowman is going to do that um because this is a team he's put together that's missed the playoffs a couple of years in a row and i think he kind of sees that you know boy this this team's got to sneak into the playoffs no matter what
0: yeah that that, that that's a scary thought mm-hmm. i know it's weird to say that it's a scary thought your team making the playoffs but you know when when everything you know under the hood says that your team you know is probably not playoff worthy and you just sneak in. I don't want to hear this anything can happen stuff. I'm just I don't want to hear it. It it's all nonsense and garbage that 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 you know, media, you know, social media and you know, front offices, it's it's garbage that's spoon-fed to people who are gullible to then buy tickets and come in. Um, <clears throat> if you want to buy tickets, great. Buy tickets. But to tell, you know, to lie to people, to openly, you know, it, they have to know. I mean, they live with this team day in and day out. They have to know where this team really stands. Better than anyone, probably. That, you know, they're just, they're at best a team on the cusp. And they've got talent. And if they were, you know, if they are able to make some things work over the summer and, you know, maneuver some things around to figure out the Seabrook situation and this DeHaan situation, maybe a couple of players come in and can put them into that, you know, that, that next group where they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. a playoff bubble team. Uh, they can make the playoffs. They may be able to win a round. Sure. But that's not right now. It isn't. And, uh, you know, you could make some big mistakes that could cost you two, three years down the road by giving up a draft pick that could be, become valuable or something like that. Uh, let's, let's, let's stay on the course and look at Ian Mitchell and, uh, you're going to have Evan Barrett probably coming around, and, and these are players you know you're a little more familiar with because you look into the prospects more than I do. But you know these are players that are going to come in, and they may not play in the NHL, but they may push some guys in Rockford up to the NHL, and uh, you know you may be able to find a couple of Calvin Dehan, Ali Mata, Ryan Carpenter, Zach Smith, even to a certain degree, you know uh, Andrew Shaw type affordable players that you can bring in to help, uh, that aren't, you're not really mortgaging. You're not spending $10 million on a defenseman that is worth six or, or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping for here because uh, at least right now, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do to Bowman when when they don't make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to let him go. Uh, I was certain that, you know, Colleton was probably gone by the first of the year And they haven't done anything, but you got teams ahead of them, like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. You brought that up. That's a great subject to talk about. They switched their coaches. They were in the playoffs.
1: (laughs) Yep. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I was floored when I saw that.
0: And like days before, people were talking about how there's, you know, they're negotiating extensions and stuff. And then they've completely flipped the script the next day and bring in Peter DeBoer. Uh, You know, so, and, and that's a better team than the Blackhawks. So, no. you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I really, we, you, you and I and John and most of the people that cover the Blackhawks are, are are of the opinion that, you know, maybe Bowman Bowman's time is done, maybe, you know, and they need to bring someone in who, you know, has a background in developing young talent because that's what they really need to do. They're going to need to develop young talent through the system. They're not going to be gifted Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane again. Like, they're lucky they got Kirby Doc And Kirby Doc, you know, I, we don't know what he's going to be, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to be the next Jonathan Taves. He might be the next, you know, uh, Bernie Nichols or something, you know, which a very good player, but maybe not Hall of Fame, maybe Hall of Fame. I don't know. We don't know where we're going to get out of him. We're, we've only seen him for three quarters of a year. But, you know, you're not going to be gifted first overall picks and third overall picks very often. Right. So to count on that happening would just be foolish. And uh, so, you know, they're going to have to develop people through the system, and they are they have not done a good job of that. You know, Dennis Gilbert, kind of. They've kind of developed them through the system, but there was kind of necessity. I don't know that if, you know, you had a better roster that Dennis Gilbert wouldn't be playing in the AHL, and I know you have opinions on D- Dennis Gilbert.
1: <laughs> yeah, if he, he was playing on any other team, I don't think he even sniffs the NHL. Um, you know, he's that... <laughs> You know, that quadruple A guy, uh, you know, that they talk about, it's <laughs> just not quite major league ready, but, um, you know, can play AHL when he needs to. So, you know, to me, you know, Stan Bowman, there's a lot of general managers that would have come in and, and screwed things up. I mean, uh, you tr- I truly believe that it happens in every sport, It happens in hockey. A guy comes in, you're in a great situation, and you screw things up. Um, you know, he was good enough. He was gifted a really good team. He didn't screw things up. He, he won three, three Stanley Cups, and the development. You know, you could this argument when we talk about hey, it goes back before 2010 with Dale, uh, Dale Talon and Mike Smith, and um, you know, scouting directors and stuff like that. We can we can name names all day. Uh, But he didn't screw it up. And and now it's time to kind of say, okay, hey, you know, where's our next guy? Do we have the scouting in place? Do we have the GM in place that's going to help us get to the next level? Develop these picks. Like you said, you're a gifted Kirby Doc. You should have been picking nine spots lower than that. Um, And he he wouldn't be there, you know, and and then where would you be? So, and he's only playing, you know, 13 minutes a night. So, but, uh, you know, for me, Stan was fine he, he did a good job like I said uh, he didn't screw it up but I think it's time to maybe turn the page there just like Q you know is would you rather have Q or Jeremy Colleton it's a no-brainer but hey sometimes things just run its course in in sports and and um, you know for me Kirby Doc has been really good I've been I, I think he's gonna be all right and, and I, I don't get into the comparison game too much because you can really get yourself in trouble when you start comparing guys um, but the thing I like is he's responsible defensively. Uh, he knows where to be on the ice. He's not lost out there, and he's done some things with the puck where you go, man. If he puts on, you know, twenty five pounds of muscle, and the next thing you know, he's, you know, grown man strong. He's going to be a force to to be reckoned with in in front of the net. But but for me, it's the it's the complete opposite right now. I'm not too worried about the offense. That'll come uh, when it comes. But defensively, he's been good, and, yeah. and now as a 19 year old playing in the national hockey league to not look out of place, um, and, and be defensively responsible and know where you're supposed to be, um, structurally that that's a huge part of it. So it, it, it seems like it gets it between the years, which is, which is huge.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. And, uh, the, yeah, the, people complain, complain all you want about the pick, whether we should have been, you know, bone by or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, you were gifted something. You've got exactly. something way better than what you were, what you actually deserved. And uh so you might as well just enjoy it while we have it, you know. Yep. Uh yep. you know as far as defense goes, I mean I, you know De, Bowman's been taking a lot of hits as far as, you know, how Dehan because he was injury prone uh you know they, they shouldn't have taken the chance, but I mean they gave up nothing for him. They really give up two players that they weren't going to resign anyway. The, the rights to two players, they weren't going to sign anyway. And uh, with Ali Mata, I mean, it was Dominic Cahoon. It, let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Dominic Cahoon is not, you know, the next, uh, you know, Melkin or or Crosby or something like he is what he is. He's, he's like a third line, second line, middle six type of winger that, you know, could pl- pr- probably play the penalty kill. He's a good energy guy. He's a lot like Drake Kajula mm-hmm. and the Blackhawks have Drake Kajula. So it's like you gave up a guy. He was just kind of a tweener guy for a guy who can play, you know, in your second, on your second pairing, he could play PK, which is huge. And it's showing in their stats, you know, uh, he's not going to score goals. And, but that's not what he's there for. You know, Mata, as far as Mata goes and DeHaan, he's probably one of their best defensive player. I mean, I applaud, I still applaud uh, Stan Bowman for going out and getting two guys who are defensive re- defensively responsible. He got them at a decent salary, and he got them barely giving up anything. So he took his shot, and um, I think he made uh, you know some good moves on that. We'll see what happens with DeHaan. I mean, yeah, he was injury-prone, but that's kind of, you know, there's a give and take in this. If you're going to get a guy that's affordable for next to nothing, you might have to get a guy who may be slightly injury prone. And that, that's kind of what happened with uh, DeHaan. But, I, you know, if he comes back and, you know, he's going to have to have his shoulder uh, repaired again and hopefully it works out and he's back next year. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we'll see. The Seabrook thing is another thing altogether. I don't know what's going to happen there. That's um, above my pay grade. Yeah. I mean, soldier, uh, shoulder surgery and uh, so, uh, sure, ugh, sorry surgery on uh, both hips uh, for a guy who's, you know, slow to start with. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, he, he may end up, you know, turning into the next David Clarkson. And, uh, you know, the Blackhawks could use that as a chip, you know, trade his contract to whoever might need it. Because look at Toronto. I mean, they need to be able to, to exceed the cap. using long-term injured reserve they're like 10 million dollars or six million dollars over the cap right now uh so it's gonna you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens but you know if you have keith and boquist and uh you know we'll say you know dahan comes back and murphy and mata and you know even cuckoo has been pretty good lately i i saw an article the other day about uh You know, Hamada and Cuckoo has come, you know, turned into a really nice third pair defensive role. Uh, And they have, because it was really those lower, it was the second and third pair that were really killing them. I mean, as far as the statistics go, Keith, you know, and Gustafson or Keith and Boakvist were really eating it, but it was because they were out there in all these high pressure situations where they didn't have a second and third pair that could go out there and handle it. So that's why they were kind of eating it. Um but you know, Cougar's not you know, not a bad player. I don't hate him; he's fine. Uh, you know, if you want to put Gilbert in, there's a seventh uh, defensive. Rotate him in; that's good too. Uh, but I, I've had, I've seen enough of Eric Gustafson. We already got you already have Adam Olkrist on the roster. Uh, Gustafson's gonna you know if he costs any more than what he was making right now, then you gotta let him go. And let's let them let be someone else's problem. And that would open up, you know, a slot for maybe Ian Mitchell or something like that. So, I'm yeah. So um, there were some things that happened in Blackhawks land. Um, not not a whole lot, but we could talk a little bit about the game the other night against the Panthers where they. Uh, it seemed like the emotion kind of took over uh, the Blackhawks and they didn't start off real well. They uh, and They were down 3-1 early. And uh, they never really recovered. Uh, They lost to Joe Quenville's Panthers. Uh, They came back. They made an effort at the end. Uh, Frankie Vetrano had a hat trick. Uh, Blackhawks had goals by Doc, Kajula, and Kane. Uh, You know, that's all good and well. Uh, Kane the other day also got uh, his one thousand point, which is, you know, that was a big thing too. A a lot of emotion there with that. Uh, So... There was there was a lot of stuff going on this past week. It was it was more ceremonial stuff, but uh it was nice to see Joe Cornwall come back and, and you know, smile a little bit when he was giving his uh <laughs> Finally.
1: Yeah. He yeah. got teary eyed. <laughs> yeah. He got teary eyed. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I was at both games and, and obviously Kane was that was a special moment for him and uh for the Blackhawks and, and obviously the Blackhawks are are first class when it comes to putting on stuff and uh, you know, the ceremony with, uh, you know, Makita's wife and, and, and stuff like that is, is always awesome to see. And and like I said, the Blackhawks are, are second to none with that. And Quinville, that team pretty, uh, pretty comparable. Uh, they may not have the, uh, you know, the, all the horses in place yet, but man, when they locked down with that three, one lead um, it was, it was going to be tough for the Hawks to come back. They did, they made a little bit of a, a comeback, but you know, you could see where Quinville system of five guys playing defense, get the puck out, get the puck deep, let that clock just keep running while we circ cycle in the corners. And next thing you know, you know, five, 10 minutes went by and you didn't have any pressure and we're still winning. You know, I mean, it, it was just <laughs> it was it was. Coach Q. I mean, it's that's what he does. So um, it was pretty neat to see that the Hawks kind of got beat by their own system from the nice. last ten years. Uh, but uh, that's a pretty good team. They, they're going to be all right. So they've got a lot of young talent. They, those top two guys are are, are special too. So, um, but you know, when when it comes to Boquist, you know boy, when when he let some of those. Uh, from the point go, that's a pretty good shot. And, and as he continues to develop it, that's going to be a really good shot for the Hawks, um, you know, for a long time. I, I, defensively, he's still got a long way to go, but uh, on the power play, he's fine. So, um, you know, right now as a 19-year-old, he can't be too too picky for somebody that realistically on a on a really good team probably wouldn't be here. So, uh, but but it, that, that puck comes off his stick really good.
0: Yeah, and, and of course the comparables, and it's completely unfair to him, are, you know, Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr right now, who are just, you know, on fire. They're they're showing that they're elite type players. And you know, I, I think we kinda all understood when Boakfast was coming up that he was going to be more of a project than those two players. And those two players have basically stepped right into the NHL and become all stars from the get go, which is not easy to do. So don't don't hold, you know, Boakfast to that standard because you're going to disappoint yourself. Let's let him work work it out. Even Duncan Keith had to work it out, and he became one of the best, you know, yep. uh, defenders in the NHL for you know over a decade, probably a decade and a half. <clears throat> so, just be patient with Uh, I mean, it's clear right now that he's a better skater than Gustafson. He's got a harder shot, even though Gustafson's got a pretty good shot, and he's smarter than Gustafson, and he he seems to care a little bit more on his own end. I mean, those things right there, that's what you want to see out of a young player. You know, his desire to get better, even on the de- defensive side, but then have that raw skill that's even better than a guy who's, you know, seven years older, they seven, eight years older than him mm-hmm. out there, you know? And, and it should be able to afford them the ability to get rid of or let Gustafson go trade by trade or whatever you want to do. Uh, I've I've seen enough of Eric Gustafson. <laughs> I really have. Uh I'm getting tired of making animated gifs of him falling down, running into referees, and you don't see that happen with Bokvis uh, nearly as enough, or nearly as much, I should say. Um, but as far as good rookies go, uh, we we talked about Boakfist. Dominic Kubelik, Uh He keeps just you know looking better and better and better, and it's great to see him. You know, getting the top six. I, I thought he should have played with Taves from the get go. I yeah. thought he was perfect to sit on that that wing up there uh, and, you know, get fed, let Taves, you know, take some abuse in front of the net and, you know, do some sniping. I wanted to see him more on the first power play, which he seems to be getting in there a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's an absolute steal. We talked about, you know, a little earlier about how Stan Bowman kind of brought in some defensive players without having to give up a whole lot. Well, uh, Kubelik's another one. He gave up a fifth round draft pick. That's nothing. It's mm-hmm. nothing. I mean that that player, whoever that is, we should look it up. And but I would I would guarantee that it's probably going to be a name you're not going to uh, recognize in two three years. And and Kubalik is you know in in the conversation for you know rookie of the year, which he probably won't get because you have Kale McCarr out there breaking records, and right behind him is Quinn Hughes. But uh, that's no shot at Kubelik. Kubelik's played really well. Uh, I, I'm really impressed. I like the guy. I've said it several times, and uh, you know, I'm ready to get a Kubalek jersey when uh, <laughs> you know when they sign him a, uh, to a, maybe a bridge deal or something.
1: Nice, yeah. You know, he's and I mean, I mentioned a few months ago that you know his, his shot is is really good. Uh, but the one thing I I also like, he's got some he's got some stones to go to the net. Um, he's had some pucks in front, um, found some loose change, and, and buried some shots there. So that's good to see. I mean, cause that's really something the Hawks are really missing uh, with this team is, is somebody that's going to get to the net and score goals. Um, that's not probably named Taves or, or Saad, maybe, but uh, you know, Kubelik is, is he, he offensively, he's got a lot of skill. And, and I think if you put him with players that are going to get the puck uh, on his stick and he finds openings in the defense, he's going to score a lot of goals uh, in the national hockey league. So he's got a really good shot.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, even if you, is a 20 goal scorer every year. That's, that's a useful, you know, spot on a Blackhawks roster. Even if he ends up on the third line and score, he gives you 20 goals a year. And he, I, I think he has the potential to score 30, but, um, you know, it, at the very minimum, he's a good depth player for this team. And, and that, that's a find. that's a find for Stan Bowman. I mean, he, he gets a win on that trade every single day of the week. I oh, saw I saw some, yeah. I saw some like Kings, uh, writers and, uh, people on twitter you know complaining about how kubalik and i'm like yeah we fleeced you on that one <laughs> stan bowman fleeced the kings on that one i know he wasn't <laughs> going to sign in anything and everything but i i would assume you could have got a little more for him than a fifth round draft pick. but so you know props to, to bowman on, on, on that one uh but again that's not a guy who was developed through this system it's a guy who developed over in europe Playing on his own, and now he just comes over to the NHL and steps right into the lineup. Uh, you know, no, with no time in the AHL or anything like that. So, uh, Brandon Hagel was brought up, uh, and Dylan Sakura, your favorite uh, <laughs> Blackhawks, tr- a quadruple A player, was sent out to Rockford after he uh, he finally scored his first uh, NHL goal a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I like to see that they're giving Hagel a shot. Uh, he seems like you know, a res- there, he doesn't do seem to do anything like especially great. He just seems like a big player, hard nosed, you know, the the all the cliches you hear. Seems like he worked hard, earned a con, you know, earned a contract from the Blackhawks and all this other stuff. So he seems like a pretty good story. I want to see him, you know, get out there and and be put in some meaningful situations. See what he does. I mean, I think he's responsible enough where he's not going to kill you.
1: Yeah. And that's where you've got to hope that he's going to get some minutes and they're not chasing a playoff spot. You know, know what you have there before you go into training camp next year, see what he does against national hockey league players and and not just AHL players, but he's going to be that guy. It's just going to be, uh, you know, eight to nine minutes right now. You probably won't know what he is, if he's out on the ice, even doing that. So, uh, but I mean, he's he's somebody that's intriguing. I mean, definitely needs to get some ice time, but I I just don't see it happening this year for him consistently. So we know what to evaluate and have have it going into the summer.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, he's been up. Uh, he's had a couple of recalls, but he he hasn't played yet. I, I don't think he dressed. No, it doesn't look like it. But um, he played f- uh, at least, right? What I'm what I'm seeing here on uh, Leaf prospects, he had 21 points and 41 or 40 games uh, with Rockford. Uh, 13 goals, eight assists. So, you know, good for him. He he earned a shot and uh, hopefully, you know, after the break, uh, you know, maybe he'll get some playing time. Uh, So uh, speaking of, you know, organizational deals and stuff like that, uh, goalie Matt Tompkins, who has been with the Blackhawks organization forever. Uh, He was drafted like six years ago, Uh, but he's, you know, just been banging out in the minors and he played four years in, in, uh, you know, Ohio State. Uh, You know, he's never really been, uh, he's never really stood out, I should say. Uh, He played, you know, some time in Indy, but he's just been solid wherever he's been. He's got some time with Rockford and uh, he played well enough. He went over and played in the Spengler Cup and the Blackhawks uh, rewarded him with a two-year deal. Now, the the two-year deal is kind of, a little bit of a fallacy because of the fact that he signed to an NHL deal this year now and next year. So it's kind of a one and a half year deal, but, um, you know, good for him. I mean, he's now a member of the organization when before he was on an AHL deal with, uh, the ice hogs is one of their three goalies down there. Uh, But I mean, he's, he's nothing special. I've seen a ton of them in like prospect camp and stuff. He's just, you know, a solid goalie, nothing too extraordinary. Um, but that also brings, you know, brings up kind of uh, Mario, his article that he put together this week about uh, he, had a, he had a sit down with uh, Colin Delia, my boy, from uh, Rockford. Um, and they they're running this weird three goalie thing down there with Tompkins, Lincoln and Delia. And no goalie is really getting into a rhythm. Lincoln had started the season kind of hot uh, and he finished last season uh, playing in the worlds pretty hot as well. So everyone all summer was talking about Kevin Lincoln and they all forgot about Colin Delia. And then Lincoln has started the season a little bit on the hot side, but his, since then has really cooled off. You know, he's made, he made the AHL, uh, uh, all-star team. He's really cooled off. And now Delia has picked up the ball and he's run with it. And like in his last 10, 10 games or so, he's just been on fire. Uh, but, then you have the Tompkins they're trying to roll in there as well. So it's, it's it's really a weird situation going on there. I don't, you know, the three goalie situation for me, it just does nothing for me. Uh, you know, goalies, even when you have a goalie who plays like, you know, 80% of the games, I would rather see like a 60-40 split. Uh, just, you got to get that backup in there. You got to get him reps. He's got to see, you know, opposing shots. You, you can't be in practice all the time just facing your own teammates and seeing, you know, People trying to shoot low to not hurt you and things like that. You're not seeing real game quality shots and plays. Uh, so it, it's really weird what's going on in Rockford. I don't understand it. I don't know why they're doing it this way. I don't know where the actual directive has come from, whether it's, you know, Bowman and those guys and his scouting, people saying, Hey, keep the all these guys in the AHL. But I mean, reading the tea leaves going ahead. Uh, going ahead, we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit more as far as Robin Leonard goes in a minute, but to me, this tells me that they're preparing for next season when either Robin Leonard, God forbid, or, uh, Corey Crawford aren't around anymore and they need a backup goalie and you're going to have Kevin Lincoln and or Colin Delia. I I honestly would prefer, prefer Colin Delia, but I'm partial um, you know, behind whoever that starter is, and then in Rockford you would have the remaining of Lincoln and Delia and uh, Matt Tompkins, or Tom yeah it's Tompkins no P, uh in Rockford, and then you have uh, a battery there and Chase Marchant if they want to keep him around, um, I I don't know the exact stats on uh, what's going on in Indy, but I haven't seen Marchant's name a whole lot. I think he may be injured. Uh, I know they've, they've called in a couple of people, but that's besides the point. Uh, just, I, I think they're looking forward, or they're looking more ahead of to uh, you know what possibly could be next year. So uh, that's my opinion on that. You got any opinion on that three goalie thing they have going on?
1: Yeah, that's definitely what I feel they're doing. I mean, Tompkins, it's a cool story. I mean, organizational depth, the guy. You know, maybe uh, in in the long run that turns into something for him, but. It's cool when you see stuff like that. You need guys like him, um, that 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 you can throw in there at the AHL. If he ends up uh sitting on your bench for a game or two in the National Hockey League, you're comfortable with it because you know you what you've got and then you can send him back down um if that were to ever happen. But uh with with Daly and Lankin in, I think that's exactly what they're doing. They need to know what, what they have. Um both are on great contracts uh for a backup goalie. And um, you know, when it comes to or will be on uh, for a backup goalie if they are it comes down to just who they think it will be uh, I, I think it's tough because you're just not like you said it's not a 60-40 it's not you know hey we're running with this guy and and you know while he's played 65 70% of the games then he's been dominant you know, you're just like, hey, I feel great about this guy. So um, you've seen Delia do it uh, at the National Hockey League level. You know, he was solid for what you'd want in a backup. He was rewarded uh, for being a, a good sport with that. So um, you would think that would be something that would probably put him ahead of uh, Lincoln in right now. I know Lincoln had, had a nice cup and, and stuff like that, but, you know, it's still a, not, you know, hey, you had a nice six days. Um, you know, you're our guy for the future. Um, you know, so for me, it, it is about trying to figure out what they have and probably one of them is going to be the backup next year, you know, and then you've got the other one and Tompkins or anybody else that you bring in. I know Marshawn's only played a handful of games this season down in Indy. I don't pay too much of what's going on down there watching games. I should say I, should, I pay attention. I don't see the games, um, but you know, obviously I think you're really getting down the, down the ladder if we start talking about those guys.
0: Yeah. And just looking, uh, looking at the stats and uh, the, actually the Indy goalies, all of them have been really pretty good this year. Uh, I mean, all of their uh, goals against average are under three. Uh, the guy who's played the most, Charles Williams, uh, he has a 909 save percentage, which is good. Uh, Marchant, uh, he played 10 games. He's a 905. And then uh, this Dan ba- Bacala, who they they signed like last week, uh, who's like a 35-year-old goalie or something. He's an older guy, a veteran guy, but uh, they brought him in. He's got a 9.34, so he's been playing well. You know, they all you know have respectable goals, uh goes against averages, and uh, safe percentages. So, uh, yeah, only one it, of them is really you know technically signed to an organizational contract with Chase Marchand, but right, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and and that's where with Delia, I mean, he's on a very friendly deal. Um, Lincoln's going to be restricted, uh, you know, deal uh, coming up. So, I mean, you've got you've got you know they'll be 25 26 you know some goalies have really become really good goalies at 26 27 28 years old so i mean that's something that i think works in the hawks advantage um especially with the cap that that they're working with uh the cap uh, space they've been working with so i think i really think you're going to see one of those two um as your backup next year
0: yeah well the, the uh the most pressing subject i think right now is the Robin Leonard thing. So let's kind of get into that before we get into questions. Mm-hmm. Um all along, uh John and I and, and most of us at the site have kind of been pushing that, you know, the Blackhawks need to sign Robin Leonard to a, a long term deal, a longer term deal, maybe a four or five year deal. Uh you know, if you can get them at seven and a half million, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a bargain for what you're getting out of this guy. Uh but there's been, you know, some misconceptions with the fact that we're saying you need to tear some of this roster down and uh, the confusion in that now. Yes, they do need to tear down some of the, you know, older guys that are around. I mean, Duncan Keith, is a serviceable guy, but if you can get something for him at this point in time. Maybe it's time to decide to move on, you know, and give him one last shot at a cup somewhere else. Uh, Jonathan Taves and, and Patrick Kane, they're not going to win a cup in this contract cycle in these three years the final three years of this contract, and now they may sign extensions, but in this contract cycle, they're not winning a Stanley Cup. The Blackhawks won't. I I go on record and I will stand by it. They're not winning a Stanley Cup in three years. They could be playoff bound. They could be able to compete, but they're not winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, So you got to decide, you know, and previous to this, uh, you have uh, Brent Seabrook as well. You know, some of these older guys, you have to start thinking about, you know, trading them a year too early rather than a year too late to get rid of them, uh, get something for them, be able to bring in younger players, bring in that next, uh, that next group of, you know, pot- potential leaders of this team uh, instead of hanging on to players and being that next Detroit who's got, you know, fr- who had Franzen and and, and and Lindstrom too long and, all these old guys—they just kept them around and parade them through the organization to get season ticket holders to buy season tickets, but it didn't get them anywhere other than, you know, ticket sales. They—they didn't bring them success. They didn't get the Stanley Cup. They didn't do any of that stuff. They just kind of hung out. So, you know, it—it, it, some things need to be broken down, uh, for sure. Uh, but as far as goalie goes, I mean, you—you you have to have. You have to have a bridge to get you to, you know, Delia, Lankin, and Tompkins, whoever may be that next guy. And you're going to need – and keeping Corey Crawford around, who they can't depend on to stay healthy, is going to be 36 years old, like, next year. Uh, he's just getting older. Like, he, he he's going to be maybe, you know, a good backup situation for somebody. But I don't think he's really that uh, – I really don't think that he's the guy you want to usher in that next group of players. He spends a lot of time on the on the IR. He's a good goalie and everything, but you have a guy who's almost ten years younger in Robin Leonard, who's a top ten goalie, maybe top five. Probably can give you just the same production that you know a Bobrovsky can give you. You can get him at a discounted rate compared to what Bobrovsky signed in Florida, you probably get him close to $3 million cheaper, somewhere in that area, even if it's $2.5 million a year cheaper. You could sign him to a four- or five-year contract so that when the Blackhawks are on the upswing again, they're still going to have this guy there. It, it seems like it, it's too... It makes too much sense <laughs> to not sign, you know, or, or to sign uh, Leonard. Uh, you can't let him go. You can, you can let him go. This team will bottom out, and you're still going to have Kane and Tays on the roster, and uh, then you're it's going to be harder and harder to figure out what to do with those guys. So you have to have a goalie that, that that's going to stand there in front of Delia and, and those other guys, and show you know the 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 trends and and everything in the NHL season and what happens, and you know help Delia get to that next level where he's you know, an, an NHL goalie, a regular NHL goalie, or Lankanen, or whoever that may be. Because you're not going to go out on the market and, and, and get Braden Holtby for any cheaper than you would get Calendelia. Or, I mean, not Calendelia, I'm sorry, Robin Leonard. Um, he's probably going to cost more than Robin Leonard is going to cost you. You've got this guy, he's in your system, lock him down. Lock him down. Why would you have signed him in the first place if you weren't planning on locking him down? You know, what was your plan? If you were going to just keep him for a year and just let him go, even no matter how good he was, that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because then you're going to have both of your start, potential starting goalies on the free agent market. So, you know, sign him to a four or five year deal. It's reasonable. And then we'll, you know, deal with the rest of it from there. But you got to have a guy that can make saves. You have to. You can't be in like a Marty Turco situation like the Blackhawks were in two thousand eleven, where they brought Turco in as just, you know, a stopgap. Oh, well, and we got no one else. Marty Turco was pretty good for a while, five years ago. And then he came in. Luckily, Corey Crawford turned in to be a real fine turned out to be a real find. And he was able to step in and, and you know, kind of hang him in there. But they they were one they were basically out of the playoffs if uh, Minnesota didn't help him out and beat the stars down that last night they weren't going to make the playoffs. So, you know, they got it. They have to sign Robin Leonard. You have to. I mean, if you want, you're going to have to have someone to, to pray it out in front of the season ticket holders and bring to the conventions and sell jerseys other than, you know, number 19, and number 88. Yeah. And Robin Leonard could be that. He's he, He's got a great story. He's, like, very honest. He's a likable player. He He's, you know, fights and plays hard every night and uh there's just you can't ask for anything more and you can get them at a decent you know maybe a million dollars more than what you were paying Corey Crawford who spent most of his seasons sitting on IR so yeah I just I I would not I would hold it against him <laughs> I would very much hold it against him if they let Robin Leonard go I, I'm just a big fan so
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and I think back to last summer, uh, I think we did a podcast and I thought, man, the one thing I want to watch is what they're going to do in net. You know, we knew we had Corey Crawford and, uh, you know, Cam Ward wasn't coming back. And then when they signed Robin Leonard, it was like, whoa, you know, I mean, you, you, you kind of take him back because you don't see that coming. You know, it's not every day a, a you know, a trophy finalist is, is, is you know, given a one-year deal. Um, and, you know, Leonard has been Unbelievable. Um, I think for this team, he's given them, and and it's a great story. You rush and you read the story and you think, man, this is a guy I can cheer for. And then you see him in the locker room. You you listen to him on Twitter, you know, he's everything. You kind of want in a goaltender, you know, he wants to win. He has passion. Um, You know, he's going to take the bad goals and put it on himself, you know, stuff along those lines. And, you know, about two months ago, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Hey, Hawks bottom out, you know, they're the Kings. It's like, okay, can you get something for Leonard where you go hey, we're going to get the third pick and I'm going to get the 15th pick. And you think, okay, maybe I get Robin Leonard back or I got three more prospects with them. And you're, you know, the wheels start to turn like, man, if this completely bottomed out and we're, we're sellers for sure. It's like, Hey, what can we get? You know, something along those lines, we're going to bottom out anyway. Now you, you, you would, you know, you'd have to give me a King's ransom uh, to do what, what I was thinking, you know, two months ago, but you know, that was just more wheels turning. So for me, Robin Leonard's got to Got to be your guy uh, moving forward. When 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 you have Crawford, um, you know he's done everything he could for this organization. He's been great. He's comp- competitive, all heck. I don't see him saying, "Sure, sign me to a two and a half million dollar deal." He wants to be the guy. Um, he wants to go out and, and win hockey games for his team. So, and and that's what you want in a goalie, you know. So I mean, he, he's probably going to walk. And you've got to have Robin Lehner signed. Um, seven years, I'm alright with. I know I threw out on Twitter. Um, somewhere like six, eight, seven, five, or something like that. When I was doing some comparables to other goalies, seven, that's fine. You got myself a, a million or uh, under backup. You know, next year, that's fine uh, for Robin Leonard for five, six years, whatever you want to do. Um, but to let somebody like him walk would just—you you go back to next year. Or you go back to what you were last summer and you go, what do we have? You know, now we've got you know a couple backups. Now I've got to go find another goalie um, that can play. <laughs> Robin Leonard's talent. Um, and you know, JJ wrote a great article today that came out. Make sure you go read it. You build from the you know the back end out. And if you've got yourself a goaltender that you could say this is our guy for five, six years, whatever it is, man, that's a comfortable feeling. So um, you, you've got to get him locked up for sure.
0: Yeah. And and I, it, I understand the sentiment of, of the fans, like, Hey, get a bunch for them and sign them in the summer, but that never happens. It yeah. Never no, happens.
1: I, yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, it's more of the wheels turning than anything. Like you're not trading Robin Leonard in, in, in November, December, but Hey, completely bottom out. Stan was gone. New GM came in. McDonough said you have full go. Well, you know, maybe I'm looking at 2023 and I'm going to get first round draft picks for anybody that I can, that would have been a thought process, but you yeah. can't. As you sit here, January twenty fourth, there's no way you could think Robin Leonard is going to go at the trade deadline, and there's no way you could let him get to, to July first. Um, you just then, then where, where then where are you? Uh, like you said, a thirty six year old Corey Crawford, and Kevin Lincoln, and you know Colin Delia. You know, you feel okay with that, but well, to have Robin Leonard for the next five, six, seven years would be. Seven might be a little bit too much, but <laughs> five, six years, uh, is definitely a good feeling. And and like you said, you could cheer for him. You know, his story is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And he would be here on the other end of, you know, this sort Correct. of rebuild. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Maybe next year, you, you know, they've already, they're basically the same team they were last year. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to get what the 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere in the middle of the line, uh, kind of pick, uh, <clears throat> but they're not they're not competing for a Stanley Cup and, and maybe it might be just as bad next year, too. The, uh, but you know, in two, three years when they're starting at their incline again rather than the decline, uh, you know, Robert Leonard will be there to backstop you. And he and he and you could just see from his interviews, he's a leader. He's you know, everyone talks about how they, they wanted to keep Brent Seabrook around because he's such a leader and he's you know, he's a fun guy and he keeps everyone going and he keeps everyone upbeat. This is exactly what Robin Leonard's been the entire season. And he just came in with this team. Can you imagine a couple of years behind this, growing with these kids, how they're going to look at him, you know, as a leader, you know, take the bullets for sometimes for these mistakes that these kids are going to make and stuff. Like, it's just, it's a no-brainer that you need to keep this guy around, you know. Uh, They were gifted once again a player in Robin Leonard. And now they need to, now they need to, you know, make that work. You can't just, you, you let that go. And that's going to set you back two, three years as far as goaltending goes. And it's just going to be, you know, an, uh, it's going to turn into a nightmare where you're going to have players like, you know, Kent Simpson coming in and playing like they had, you know, couldn't stop it. Or, uh, you know, Ivan I them off, you know, <laughs>
1: Yeah, but hey, what about Jeff Glass? Bring him there
0: back. you go. You could have the Jeff Glass situation. I mean, people yeah. forget all this. Jeff Glass was terrible. <laughs> he was a good story, but if you look at his stats, he was terrible. Uh, you know, Ken Simpson, all those guys. Like, You can't just throw any guy in that. It, you just can't. It's a misconception. You can't just have any guy. You have to have a solid guy back there who's going to make saves for you. Look at San Jose. They, their coach got fired because their goalie couldn't make saves for the last two years. He, I mean, they played okay in the playoffs, but the regular season they could, uh, Martin Jones could not make a save. And that, you know, this this team is trying to take one last run with the, all the veterans, Marlowe and all that, and they can't get a and they can't get a goalie to make a save. That's exactly what would happen to the Blackhawks in two three years if they don't have if they don't hang on to Robin Leonard. They're not. They're gonna. You know, they might have goalies that are serviceable, but they don't. They're not gonna have goalies that are gonna steal you a game, or mm-hmm. two, or three, and they're gonna need that. So, yeah. I mean this this Leonard thing. It it it's dragging on too long. It's starting to get a little bit scary because you would think that they would have you know locked him up by now, but uh, I'm just hoping that because uh, again I. Well, I said I'm going to get a Kubelik jersey. I mean, the second they signed him to an extension, Robin Leonard, uh, I am running out to, to get a jersey, and I don't even like those new jerseys, but I would get one anyway with his <laughs> name and number on it. So, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: But uh, yeah, and uh, you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, you never know. We're always we're always guessing. But, you know, is there something in place where, hey, listen, when we get to this, you know, we're going to sign you. But, you know, we've got to wait till we get to that day. You know, what if you – you know, go post to post and God forbid something happens, you know, we, we can, we could revisit, you know, when, when you can walk again, you know, you don't think that way when you're, when you're signing guys, you don't want stuff like that to happen, but you just don't know what's, what's going on behind closed doors where they may have a date in mind. Hey, everything's good. This is what we're going to sign. You know, it's on my desk. uh, The pen sitting there, uh, you just come in and and sign it. So you hope that's it. uh, But you never know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, We've been sitting here. I think we've been uh, harping on some positives here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> We're usually the uh, the, 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 yeah. the the most negative podcast out there. We've been branded, <laughs> and here you and I are talking about you know good well, things like real- Kirby Doc.
1: And, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not being negative; it's just being realistic. I'm a fan. I, I was at the game where the Hawks. The wolves outdrew the hawks back in whatever year that was. I was at the hawks game. It was miserable. Yeah. I don't want to be there with eight thousand other people. It's horrible. I'd rather be there with twenty two thousand screaming people. Um, you know, but it's being realistic. You know, I mean, when when you're talking about a guy like Robin Leonard, hey, you you get him signed. You talk about a guy like Gustafson, you got to boot him. You should have booted him last summer. You know, I mean, it's just being realistic stuff like that. So, um, and if it's got to be negative, sometimes it's got to be negative. That's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. That's, we've always uh, prided ourselves on, on being realistic and pragmatic and we're not going to stop that. So, uh, but there are, there, there's some very promising things that could happen in the future if they make the right moves. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up with a couple of questions. Um, and then I want to read a review before I get out of here. Uh, we got a new review. So, uh, first of all, the question, Jackie Davis, who always sends us in great questions from the Facebook page uh Strom Kubelik both become UFAs in July that's not exactly true they become RFAs in July um they already have given Kat his new contract have yet to sign Lanner uh with the way the cap sits with the Hawks now do you see them able to sign Kubelik and Strom if not which one do they choose oh and just for kicks which former Hawk do they bring back next year uh <laughs> uh, I think that because they have Strom and Kubali, kind of by the short and curlies uh, as RFAs, they might not mm-hmm. be able. They're not going to be able to just qualify them, but they should be able to get them at a decent bridge number, especially with Strom's, uh injuries. Yeah, his injuries and the fact that you know he's not that point of game guy that he was last year. Yeah, he kind of come back, came back down to earth, but he has chemistry with The and this actually, you know, him having a down, kind of a down year and a little bit injured kind of helps the Blackhawks because they can kind of lowball him a little bit and hopefully maybe squeeze, you know, an extra five hundred grand, you know, out of him that you could use somewhere else, maybe for Lake or something like that. So I think you're going to see a couple of, uh, kind of like with the Cat, uh, kind of bridge deals. Not Nothing's going to break the bank with either one of them, but I can't see him letting either one go. Um, I mean... I, I don't know which one. I mean, it's kind of like a Sophie's choice kind of thing. Uh Strom has that chemistry with DeBrinkert and he makes DeBrinkert go and he helps, you know, a lot with that. And he's a center. But Kubalik, I mean, you know, that's that depth scoring that uh they miss sometimes, you know. It's kind of like what uh you know, Richard Panic was uh you know when he when he had that one breakout year. Uh you know, that secondary scoring you need on this team to make it go. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I would like Kubelik go, uh, but I don't know that I would let Strome go either, because Strom could be that nice second-line center behind uh, Kirby Dock eventually, and right now behind Jonathan Taves. and. Uh, yeah, but
1: it'd be a tough decision to make yeah. uh, if I had to pick one, and, and like I said, I think you've got him as restricted free agents. Strom being banged up, you, you never want to see anybody hurt, but Works in the Hawks' favor. You know, last year when he went on his little tear on a, on a horrible team, you know, everybody was ready to sign him. You know, I saw on Twitter, hey, get, get him locked up now, seven years. You're just like, no, hold on. You know, we've got one more year and then we'll see what happens. You know, that, that's, that's the thing. Uh, you don't just take a 25-game stretch and say, hey, this is going to be what he's going to do for a career, um, where you, you can get them both, get them at bridge deal, um, keep them both. I guess if I had to choose Jackie, I would probably have to choose Dominic Kubelik, um, but that's not anything against Strome. Um, like you said, he can be your second line center, maybe move to the wing. If you had a really good second line center uh, that could win a couple more draws, but um, you know, that's probably not going to happen. So boy, but that's, that's if I had to pick one, but, but boy, that's, that's 51 49 uh, in the voting. So yeah. Um, and which Hawks going to come back? Oh, man, there's you could, Craig Anderson. <laughs> Leonard Walker, Robin Leonard walks. Uh, you got Michael Froleek, I think. Um, boy, I'd have to really dig deeper to see who else is on the free agent market. But yeah. those are my two. Well,
0: that would <laughs> I be could funny. see
1: Froleek coming back.
0: <laughs> they're they're going to do it. You know they're going to do it. That's why we can't even really necessarily laugh about it because uh, it's going to happen. They're going to sign one of those goons or, you know, yeah. you're going to get yep. some knucklehead. <laughs> who's going to get a PTO, like a Versteeg or whatever, you know? Yep. And look how that's turned out. I mean, it's, they have rarely, <laughs> if ever, turned out to be anything useful, even when they brought Sharp back. Yep. He Trevor
1: Bailey? There yeah. you
0: go. <laughs> oh, God. Well, now that uh, Q's gone, you never know.
1: Trevor Van Dyke.
0: That's not a bad one. Yeah uh you know he's a defensive uh, a decent defensive player but i don't know that it's going to be a full boat on that uh that blue line so
1: yeah i don't, I don't know I, that's that's a funny question though cuz yeah. it, it, you, like you said you know it's going to happen who's it going to be yeah. and then right oh, yeah. afterward they'll have their one last shift
0: <laughs> yep that's exactly what's going to happen i am waiting for my brandon Bowling one last shift uh. or one more shift <laughs>
1: yeah so that's a good question though. Yeah.
0: Um, Ken Kallenbach, our boy, uh, if the Blackhawks float to a higher, to higher mediocrity, is there a first round matchup they could win? Uh, not if second uh, wildcard playing the abs or blues, but maybe cross division, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Uh, I mean, they could beat Calgary. Probably mm-hmm. uh, Calgary is, uh, even though David Riddich has, has had a pretty good uh, season. I don't know that I, uh, think that they have, you know, solid goaltending. Uh, I guess Riddich is okay, but I'm still not quite a believer yet in him. Uh, Edmonton, you always have, you know, the, the Connor McDavid, uh, problem (laughs) and the Leon Dreisel problem. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's even the Brandon sod problem, but, uh, still you're going to have, you know, they, they could put up a lot of goals on and, uh, their goaltending has been decent. I'm sorry. Mike, yeah. Mike Smith is on Edmonton. Calgary's got, uh, Cam Talbot, but, um, you know, I, I'm not neither one of those teams. Their goaltending really doesn't, uh, jump out at me. Vancouver. They're a good young team. Uh, you know, El- Elias Petters- or uh, Patterson, uh, in net they're okay. Uh, on the defensive side, they got Quinn Hughes and then you've also got, you know, players who've been around a while, like Bo Horvat and they've got a decent young core. This is kind of like what Blackhawks fans should be looking at for the future of the Blackhawks. You know, this is what you want to see develop young, really talented players to come up through the system, stop hanging on to the old guard and, you know, build your team that way. Cause that's how, teams like Toronto and now Vancouver and to a degree Edmonton, you know, his one with young players developing them through their system. So uh, I don't know that I, I can't see it. They don't beat the abs. They don't beat the blues, maybe Calgary. I can't see them beating Edmonton. Uh, I, it could be a tough fight with Vancouver, but I just think talent overall, uh, the young talent in Vancouver, I think they uh, Vancouver would beat them. So maybe Calgary. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Calgary, there's some nights where they, they look like they can beat anybody, and then there's some nights where you would be shocked if they made the playoffs. So, um, you know, Vancouver, I mean, Edmonton, <laughs> there are teams that just, they're not, you know, these aren't Stanley Cup teams. Um, like I said, the Blues and Avs, I mean, the Western Conference is is just, just been taking a hit, I mean, with the Sharks being horrible and the Golden Knights uh, being a mess, I mean, that, that Pacific Division is wide open. Um, and if the Hawks were in the Pacific Division, that would that would really, really put, put a lot of things together yeah. uh, for the playoff thoughts. But um, I think in the long run, the, the toughest team to beat uh, out of those in a seven-game series would be the Canucks. I mean, I think they could probably beat the Flames and the Oilers um in a seven game series but like you said the Oilers would be would definitely be the tougher the ones i'm i would be more scared of arizona and, and vegas and and they're right now i think on the outside looking in in that top three i mean they're in the playoffs but um they're on the outside that top three so that's crazy that pacific division where where it's at right now
0: yeah and, and, and then the hawks in the central I mean, dallas wasn't even mentioned right um, yeah. you got dallas in there too and the Avs, the blues the. know uh, Phoenix, of course, you you mentioned, and Golden Knights, like those are all teams that could beat the Blackhawks, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, those, I mean, those are the teams they're chasing. Yeah, I mean,
1: games, they, the teams that they're chasing have a couple games in hand, I think. Um, especially in the Central Division, I think the Hawks have played the most, maybe. But you know, you're looking at teams that they're they're chasing, but they're not playing them in the first round. They'd be playing the Blues, uh, so and and they're not beating them. <laughs> for as much as that hurt to say oh yeah. man that was painful yeah it is. <laughs> they're not beating the blues Whew, man yeah. that was rough <laughs>
0: hey, it could be worse back and all those <laughs> other turds could still be on that roster yeah at least they got good players <laughs> yep. um boomer gwc just sent one in early this morning do you think this team actually believes they can make the playoffs and anything can happen nonsense or is it just marketing uh, also, if this team buys the trade deadline, everyone involved with the decision deserves a pie in the face. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, everyone does deserve a pie in the face. You cannot let your delusional thoughts or at least your marketing spin. Then. Uh, turn into, you know, the, you know, figure in with the decisions you're going to be making at the trade deadline. Uh, if you think you can make the playoffs with this team, then just stick with this team and see what it does. Uh, Don't go out there and buy. Uh, It's not going to end well for you. Uh, I think to a degree, you know, they have to think positive. And I don't, you know, I I don't hate on them for that. If you want to think that, hey, we can make a run in the playoffs. Sure. But let's be realistic. It's not worth mortgaging something. You know, some of the future for a chance to play two playoff games. That doesn't make any sense at all. So I think to a degree, they do believe this playoff thing, not the anything can happen. I mean, that's a little bit more of a fallacy too. Um, A lot of it's marketing. I think they just want people to continue to come out to the games. And uh, I can understand that part of it, but you got to be realistic as well and build for the future. And uh, you're just not winning the Stanley cup this year or next year. Maybe in three years you could compete. Maybe, you know, But uh, that's still really uh, a lot of things. We really need to fall into place for that. So while they do believe it to a degree, I think they understand that this team is also not you know the Capitals right now. They're not at that level. You know they're not even at the you know well I I shouldn't say Preds because the Preds are kind of hurting too. But you know whatever teams are leading in the Western Conference, they're not at that uh, that echelon. They aren't even close right now. So, you you got any thoughts on that?
1: I I, I think they believe it's a playoff team, but uh, obviously the marketing helps. Uh, but yeah, it, if, if they do buy, <laughs> uh, definitely be throwing pies in their face. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm being.
0: Yeah. I, and uh, as far as the marketing team, here's something you could get involved in
1: pay the man. Why pay the man?
0: Pay the man. Pay. Hey, Robin Leonard, you want Damn. some free marketing? Sign Robin Leonard for a four or five year deal. There's your free marketing. Your good story. You can pump that out to the media. You uh, are pump that out to the fan base and jerseys
1: uh, out front. They'll sell.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's easy. It's free. There's your there's your your free uh, tip from the rink. <laughs> So
1: (laughs) yeah, anything can happen. I could wake up tomorrow and get a call from a team that wants me to be a general manager. Anything can happen.
0: Anything can happen. Like Fork says, man can grow balls and become my uncle too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's going to live in infamy. I love that. (laughs) We're going to have to get Fork on again too this uh, spring. He's a good, he's a good one. So anyway, um, that's it. As far as the Blackhawks stuff goes for right now, uh, just hang in there. Uh, we get the all-star break with, uh, Patrick Kane playing in there. If, if that's your kind of thing, that's your kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to read one last. Uh, I, I said I was going to read the review. DR007, Dr. Double 7 or Doctor Dr07. i I'm not sure exactly what it is, but DR007, uh, A+, plus, very good podcast for all things Hawks. If only the team was as good as this podcast. So thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, we, you know, we like to, we like to have uh, some fans speak up out there. So thank you very much for that. And we promise we didn't pay for that review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that'll kind of wrap it up. Um, plugs. Uh, we, there's a lot going on the website. You may have seen a lot of changes. Uh, some new divisions being added. Uh, we have uh, Marie Sexton. She's going to be writing. Uh, for the Colorado division, uh, about the Colorado uh, Eagles, the AHL team of the Avalanche. And then, all, of course, you have Aaron and JJ and Lucas writing the DU stuff and the AF stuff. They've been killing it over there. Great job. Uh, they're kind of doing their own thing. Uh, but they're doing a great job over there. I can't, uh, I can't be any more proud of what they're doing over there. And we love having these new people coming on that, uh, that are hungry and just you know want to write about hockey. So um, check those, out, check them out. You can follow them at the Rink Columbus on Twitter, or you can just go to the website, uh, go to teams and click you know under the Avalanche uh, uh, heading there. You'll see all their articles. They do appear on the front page as well. Uh, or you can go just directly to Colorado. the rink.com. That will also send you to the same page, so there's several ways you can get there. And they're actually on Instagram, too. It's uh, the underscore rink underscore Colorado, I believe, on uh, Instagram. So uh, J.J. has been putting some of his pictures up there, and you'll see their articles get uh, replicated there, too. Uh, Columbus, we're still kind of in a holding pattern with that. But uh, some new news, we we did have a writer, uh, Chris Caruso, Christina Caruso, who – is interested in getting a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, division started. So we're kind of in the, in the talks with bringing Chris onto the staff and I have already kind of got the website rolling. So it's set ready to go. uh, If we decide that, and that would be huge because Toronto coverage is another level. I mean, Blackhawks coverage is one thing, but Toronto Maple Leafs coverage is a whole nother level. So we, we have a Twitter account for that as well. It's the rink Toronto and, uh, Hopefully that'll be getting rolling really soon. So great things happening over here at the, at the website. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some podcasts that are more, uh, you know, team centric for uh, Toronto and Colorado as well. So lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Uh, also, I, I can't remember if we mentioned it last time, but uh, Ray, you're taking kind of more on the CHL stuff as well. As far as the prospect stuff goes while uh, Sean, uh, Fitzgerald has kind of taken on the indie fuel beat. So you'll be seeing a lot more of the indie fuel stuff. And then Ron loose who uh, writes about our Blackhawks. He's kind of taken on the AHL beat of the Chicago wolves. So we're here. We now are providing Chicago wolves content. So we have all kinds of good stuff going on. Uh, I think next week I may try since this is a long 10 day, uh, thing. I, I I'm thinking about possibly putting together an AHL, podcast with ron and mario they're not aware of that yet so surprise but uh that's what we're kind of looking to do i i think i might do next week give a little bit uh, of variety and and stuff with this so uh, yeah things are going well here we're really proud of everything every uh, everyone's putting out and uh they're, they're all working really hard so you got any anything you need to plug or anything we uh yeah, I'm excited to take
1: over a little bit more about the Blackhawks prospects. That's for sure. Uh, you know, follow me at Hockey Knapsack uh, on Twitter. Always uh, fun to talk with fans, uh, and uh, head on out to a Chicago Steel game. Uh, I know I say this every every podcast I'm on. First place team. Uh, they, they they're the they're the Cup favorites. Uh, they roll four lines. They've got good defense. They've got potential two first round draft picks, maybe. Um, definitely in the top two rounds, they've got a 2021 first round draft pick, uh, that could probably be a top 10 draft pick, a really good coaching staff, really good organization. So if if you want to see some, some really good junior hockey, head on out to the Chicago Steel game.
0: Yeah. And it's really easy. I mean, you, these are guys who potential stars in the NH future stars in the NHL, you could get out there and see them for a couple of dollars and, uh, the Chicago Steel really put on a top notch show. You know, for for a junior team, they really they really put it on. They're, it's a great organization. They've been great to us, um, and and they've put on a great product for the fans. Last year, I mean, they made a long playoff run. A couple years ago, they won the cup. This year, they're going to be they're one of the favorites to win. You know, the cup in their division or in their uh, their league. So, yep, get out there. I mean, it's a couple dollars. You could you could grab the whole family, bring them out there. Uh, it's good for the kids and stuff, just like, you know, going to Rockford or going to, you just see the wolves or stuff like that. It's affordable for the family, which always isn't the case or isn't always the case for the Blackhawks. So if you want to get out and introduce your kids to hockey or keep them involved in seeing hockey, I mean, there's, uh, uh you know, some really good players, uh, that Chicago steel have out there. So, yep, that's, that's a good one. Um. So, with that being said, we kind of talked about that, but uh, uh, you can find all of our comprehensive content at www. thedashrink. Each division has its own, so you could do, you know, Colorado. thedashrink. com, Chicago. com, You could bookmark all of those; that'll take you more directly to, you know, the content you're looking for. Uh, I actually have one that's uh, IceHogs. dot com. Uh, set up so if you wanted to do just ice hog stuff uh i've i've set those up as well uh on all the popular social media of course you've probably seen them all but at the rink official at the rink shy c h i, at the rink colorado at the rink columbus uh at the rink cast, uh and then uh, of course i didn't put in here but uh at the rink toronto uh that's up but we're not really posting anything just yet but you could follow them uh, there will be stuff coming out soon, and we're look- really looking forward to Christina coming in and uh, you know, taking that beat over. So uh, I'm at Puckett Hostel on uh, the Twitters. You know the old grumpy guy, Jakel uh, at Jakel uh, on the Twitters, and of course Ron or uh, Ray is uh, Ron is Ronald Looch, but uh, Ray is Hockey Knapsack. It's N A P S A K, so Hockey Knapsack. And, uh, yeah, you you should be able to find all of us. We all have kind of this similar type uh, avatars on there trying to keep it, keep the branding all together. Hashtag branding. So, uh, but if you get a chance, head over just like uh, DR007 did, Dr.007, whatever. Uh, Rate and review us. We really appreciate that. Um, I really don't have any more, but maybe we'll talk to you next week. If you want, go back and listen to my podcast last week that I did with uh, Tyler Cameron from Hockey Buzz. That's always a good listen too. It's uh, I know it's a you know couple weeks old, but it's still pretty relevant with the things we talked about because it has to do a lot with the uh, the trade deadline and stuff like that. So, uh, anything else? You good, Ray? I'm all good. Thanks again. All right, cool. Let's. Uh... What did you do, Ray? It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. I think he can hear you, Ray. You ready, Ray? (laughs) Drunk enough? Feeling no pain, Jimmy. (laughs) I pull all these (laughs) clips for you, Ray. my favorite
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) That one?
0: You ready, Ray? Drunk enough?
1: (laughs) Feeling no pain, Jimmy. Here, this one. Let's get Ray some liquor and do this. Ray, what do you need? Another 40?
0: Two, Jimmy. Good man. (laughs)
1: There you go.
0: (laughs) And then this one. This one's a classic.
1: People will come, Ray. (laughs) <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely those are some good ones man thanks for putting those in there yeah That's
0: hey, you know what when i have a little bit of time and i'm able to actually put time into the podcast this is what i can come up with so <laughs> i i want to thank all of our writers on the staff for kind of taking over you know the uh the game recaps and kind of stuff like that because that gives me a little bit of time to kind of stretch my legs a little bit and get you know make the podcast a little more entertaining things like that and so uh it's it's been a big help so i had to pull those for you though <laughs> it was too too appropriate
1: absolutely those are yeah. great
0: yeah right can you hear me 10-4 over loud can you hear me <laughs> and if anyone was if any of you, the listeners were actually in our private chat these would be even more funny to them because <laughs> we, the, the, thing, the things we go back and forth about on there are, are really good we had a really good dialogue with, with aaron the other day and yeah, he likes to get in there and stir the shit a little bit, Aaron uh, Goldschmidt, but he's a good you know, dude, so.
1: Absolutely. I, I know it's a good conversation when I got to go back out and say, hey, you know I'm just being sarcastic, right? Sarcasm
0: doesn't come through to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, the, and, and there's a lot of sarcasm in our, <laughs> our group chat, so I'm glad no one's getting offended. And, uh, but that's It's a great
1: a, group, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it is a really, a really smart, great group of people, so I'm really proud of what we've put together, so cool all right well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold anyone up anymore uh get on with your weekends but thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download listen and support us until next episode see you on the ring.